It's Thursday, November 9th, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. We are just grateful today to have Kevin and Lynn Izell joining us for the Defender Podcast, and Kevin serves as the president of the North American Mission Board, and uh, Lynn has been such a a huge part, I know, of his ministry at the North American Mission Board as she ministers to their family, as she has been a pastor's wife and supported him uh, through so many different things. And uh, we know that uh, as well, they served for a long time in uh, Louisville, Kentucky at Highview Baptist for 14 years. And and, uh, I know we're just excited even to hear from both of them about the adoption and orphan care ministry uh, that, that happened at Highview. And, and certainly they were a huge catalyst through the Lord to see that happening in Louisville. Uh, Kevin and, and Lynette have six children. Uh, they have uh, four girls and two boys. And two of their girls came uh, biological means and one of their boys did as well. And then they have adopted from the Philippines, from China and from Ethiopia, two girls and a boy. And so uh, just a, a full quiver, uh, certainly uh, at your home. But but would you both just tell us a little bit about how adoption became a part of your story and just a little bit more about your adoption story? Oh, yeah, we'd love to. Um, our adoption story <clears throat> will probably resonate with a lot of foster and adoptive families because we began the adoption process from a place of loss. Okay, so we've been married four years. It was just kind of we're ready to start a family. You know, we just want the Lord to start giving us kids. And then we just walked through miscarriage and just a a journey of waiting. And during that time, we were just kind of seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, you know, you've given us this desire for children. And it just grew more intense and nothing was happening. And so we moved to a new place of ministry where Kevin would be a senior pastor. And the Lord crossed our path with another ministry family in our small town. They were serving one church. We were in in another. They had a large family. And then lived on a very limited income, and then they adopted a little girl from Korea. And we had that family kind of model for us very well, very simply, what it looked like when God's people allow him to build their families. And so Kevin and I continued praying, seeking the Lord for children, and truly felt led to begin the adoption process. And so we did. We jumped in with both feet, gathered our document, our documents. We, we filled out an application. We were so excited. and we got a letter of rejection. <laughs> so we were rejected uh, from this one agency because I was not old enough. And we just kind of faded those papers away. We filed them away and we just didn't see them out now. And then we soon realized why, because God just began building our family, you know, in his timing. We had two biological girls very close together. And then about three years later, we, uh, the Lord added a son and life became incredibly busy. And before too long, when our, uh, our son was just a baby, we moved to Louisville, Kentucky, where Kevin was senior pastor, and the church was really growing. It was large. Um, but our church family there at Louisville was very gospel-focused, uh, globally involved in missions. Kevin taught it from the pulpit. And, you know, our kids bought into that. And one night, our oldest daughter, she asked, she's in middle school, and she said, Mom, look at all that God's given us. Don't you think we have room for one more? Now, we, have, we had every bedroom filled. It was not a large home by, by any stretch, but it's what God had given us, you know? And she just started really asking us about that. And that, that began 
just a stirring in our hearts again toward adoption. And then 18 months later, we found ourselves in China cradling our fourth child. Wow. Well, Kevin, from your perspective, I know watching a, a mom's heart and, and seeing that rejection, tell us kind of the story from adoption from your perspective. Sure. We've uh, we basically tried to live, see a need, meet a need. And so and that's why when people ask us uh, what led you to a certain country, what it really was, where's the greatest need? We went to adopt our yeah. second child. We adopted Michael Ann. We just said, hey, where's the greatest need? They said Ethiopia. So we applied there. And about nine months later, she was in our home. <laughs> and then same thing with uh, JM from Philippines. There, would have, there was a need. And, um, you know, we would try to meet it. And I say we because really uh, uh, Lynette was the one who she would lead out. Um, she had a, we both have a heart for this, but she was the lead in this and she's the best one to see a need and meet a need in our family. And so, you know, I've been, the if, uh, you know, if, if, if it were up to her, we'd probably have, uh, three or four times as many kids in our home. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so what we've tried to do is to, to start the process of multiplication where we obviously can't take all, but we can encourage, hopefully, hundreds of pastors to lead their churches to be open to foster care and adoption. Mm. Well, I know that your story obviously starts with disappointment. So you had your hopes up of adopting and then to get rejected. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that a lot of families that follow through with this call to adopt or to foster, they can get disenfranchised because so many times there's disappointment along the journey. Um, there's suffering right. along the journey. There's, it doesn't always go exactly the way that it, that they think it should. And, and you guys know as well, adopting from three different countries, uh, from around the world, that there's just so many complexities in that. So I know that from the positions you've had from both ministering in a local church context and now on a broader sense of ministering to so many different pastors and families and, uh, ministering as well, just to the broader church in North America. Uh, tell us a little bit about just the ministry you've been able to have to other families who are fostering and adopting and, and kind of what does that look like for your family to get in the trenches with some of these families? Well, let me back up a bit. I remember one day before we brought Libby home, we were so disillusioned and her like nothing was working out. Like everything we applied for was it just it didn't seem right for us or we were being shot down or, you know, just every avenue we were taking. We knew the Lord had called us to this, but literally nothing was working out. And so um, I remember one day just being so discouraged. And this was almost 19 years ago. And so the the international process for adoption was still fairly fresh in the U.S. But I remember just praying before the Lord with my hands open, and Kevin said, Lynn, you know the Lord's called us to this, so we know that, and so we just got to keep moving forward. I'll never forget him saying that to me, and that just gave me that that strong foundation of, that's right, I'm not going to doubt that, I'm not going to waver in that, um, and so one day I just remember driving and just crying, I'm like, Lord, we don't, we don't know which way to go here, and he just impressed upon me, I mean, just clears the bell that Lynn, this isn't just about you bringing home one child. I'm building a ministry of adoption. And I mean, that's exactly what the Lord did. It seems that when Libby came home from China, the floodgates at our church just opened because Kevin was teaching it from the pulpit. We were celebrating adoption and foster care. And I mean, domestically and internationally. And 
and it was just growing among our church body. And before long, honestly, our children's department looked like a meeting of the United Nations. It was just <laughs> a beautiful sight to see. Um, and the Lord did it all from, from beginning to end. And of course, he's still working. We're still hearing of adoptions going on since we've left Louisville and, and still um, getting calls and trying to, you know, helping others. Um, but our kids have grabbed a hold of this. You asked how it changed our family. Our kids just grabbed a hold of this, and when our older girls, before they're in their late 20s now, and before they married, they had those conversations with their future spouses, like, we feel called to adopt. We, I just want you to know that's part of our DNA. It's what we do. We open our home to the fatherless or foster children, and our girls have done both of that, um, and we now have four grandchildren, two of which were adopted and um, out of difficult situations domestically. So we've just seen our kids really get a heart for it and continue the calling. Right. And from, from a overall perspective, say at, at NAM, there is a, a limit. Well, we can't adopt every child personally, but we feel like we can lead hundreds of pastors to do the same. And so, you know, I encourage pastors, look, it may not be God's plan for you to adopt. Don't, and I'm not trying to put every pastor on a guilt trip if they don't. Right. It's not, it, they're not everyone's d- designed to do it necessarily, but every pastor can lead his church to be involved in it. And so I'd encourage people not to try to guilt their pastor into doing it <laughs> by using it, you know, as an example. Hey, I know so many pastors who have done this, but you can lead your church to to be engaged in foster care and adoption uh, in a lot of different ways. And now that's what we feel like if we can highlight and tell the stories, much like you're doing, um, then it would encourage others to go and, and do likewise. Amen. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Net, I guess if, if I was going to ask you, cause obviously dads are so important in this process, but I mean, it's the, it's the mom's heart that's on the line and, you know, usually it's the Lord that speaks to her first and, you know, kind of puts her in the place of, of hitting her knees and praying that her husband would uh, come to the same conclusion uh, through the Lord's intervention. So just could you give some advice to moms who are either waiting for their husband uh, to hear from the Lord that adoption or, or foster care is what's the, the path for their family or just to moms who are on this journey and their hearts are breaking? Yeah, for sure. It can be a lonely, uh, it can be a lonely time. Everybody gets up and, you know, goes to work and goes to school or, you know, just in your quiet time, it's just um, be a lonely, lonely, broken time before the Lord. But I would encourage um, moms to stay active in the ministry, you know, in the caring for the fatherless, even though maybe the Lord never called them to adopt or to do foster care. There are so many avenues of ministry, and I think staying busy in that, saying, Lord, fill my hands, fill my days, just taking a day at a time, where can I serve, where can I help? Um, I kind of find myself, I found myself, you know, in that situation when everybody's gone to school, my kids have gotten older now, you know, um, our nest is getting kind of empty, and I just, the Lord laid on my heart to befriend a social worker, and um, that started a whole new avenue of ministry for us. 
We look forward to continuing this conversation with the Ezels tomorrow. So look for tomorrow's podcast and join us again to hear more from Kevin and Lynette Ezel. Thank you for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.